Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to the new and improved Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. After many years of interviewing the best and brightest thought leaders around the world on my SiriusXM show, I am excited to now have those interviews available to people around the globe on this podcast. So many people would write us and say, I love what I've been hearing about your interviews with these great people. Where can I access them? I live in this country or that country, or I don't have access to that technology. How can I get the information? Well, I'm so excited now that we are able to offer the information and the interviews free on this podcast. So we want you to sit back and enjoy this message and let me know how you like them. And then do me a favor. If you like them, send a review, write a review and post it. And if you like it, hit like on here and share it and tell everybody you know about it and then subscribe to this podcast so you'll get the alerts when we post a new interview episode. Thank you for listening and enjoy the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. Named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world. Inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. Award-winning singer. Best-selling author. And now, here's Willie Jolly. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. And you know what? I've got a super program for you today. The story of a man who started in a tough place with the fact that he was the child of a or young woman who had just had a child at 13. He was running moonshine by the time he was 12 and he was struggling with his life. And then he went to Howard university as a, as a result of a benefactor, he excelled at Howard and he's gone on to become one of the greatest Titans and wealth creation that the world has ever seen. And so we are grateful that we have as our guest today, Eddie Brown. You're going to want to stay here because we got the founder of Brown Capital, and he is going to share ideas with you today to help you be inspired about what's possible for your life and your legacy. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. And yeah, I have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it. It's forced upon me. Can't refuse it. I didn't seek it. I did not choose it, but it's up to me to use it. I must suffer. If I lose it, give account if I abuse it, just a tiny little minute. But our eternities are wrapped up in it. And I'm grateful for this minute, this moment, this opportunity to be on with each and every one of you, wherever you may be around the world. And you know, I start every show with that minute, God's minute from Dr. Benjamin Elijah Mays, who is Martin Luther King Jr.'s mentor. And then I take a moment moment after I give you that minute to take a moment to give God some glory. I take every moment, every show I do, a moment to give God glory and thank him. Not just because this show is the number one self-help show in the country now. No, not just because of the books and the radio and the television and the speaking and the blessings I've had. No, 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 no. I'm grateful for life. I'm grateful for life and strength and family and friends. I'm grateful for being still able to do what I love to do. So I give God glory. I know everybody don't believe like I believe, but I'm telling you, I have learned that it pays to be grateful. And there's something powerful about gratitude. So I take a moment. And then I take a moment to thank you, each and every one of you. 
You made this show the number one self-help show, not me, you. The people who listen to this show, who tell their friends and family members, their coworkers, you gotta listen to the Willie Jolly Show. Whether you listen on radio or on podcast, you, you tell everybody to listen. And that's why the numbers have swelled because people know I don't talk about politics or pop culture. I talk about wealth building, about success, and about helping you live your best life. And so I'm grateful for each and, one of, uh, each and every one of you. Then I'm grateful for our sponsor, Truist Bank. Truist Bank, they are committed to helping people. Two great banks came together, BB&T and SunTrust, to create a new bank, Truist Bank. And they started with the concept about care, caring about families, about communities, about legacies. And so they have created Truist, a bank that is committed to you and your future. We want you to go and check out Truist Bank. Go to truist.com, truist.com. And I love their theme. When you start with care, you build a different kind of bank, Truist Bank. All right. So we have talked about now. I'm going to get to what I've been waiting for. So excited uh, that I get the opportunity to share this interview with each and every one of you. I've been waiting for this interview because this gentleman is a hero. He's a hero to not just to me, but to so many in our country. He is a gentleman who has overcome incredible odds. In fact, the name of the book that was, tells his story is called Beating the odds, beating the odds, Eddie Brown's investing in life strategies about how to live a great life. And I got to give a shout out right now from the start to Blair Walker. I got to give a shout out to the great, one of the greatest writers in history on the planet is Blair Walker. He was the writer of Reginald Lewis's book, Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun? And then he wrote the book that uh, Reginald's widow, Loida, put out not long ago. And then we were talking when I was interviewing Loida. He said, you got to interview Eddie Brown. I said, oh, my God. Of course, if I could. He said, I wrote the book with him. We got co-wrote the book with him. I said, I got to have him. He said, OK, I'm going to make it happen. And he has. And so I am grateful. Let me tell you one thing, uh, Eddie Brown, that, that uh, Blair said about you. And uh, as we start this interview, before I, I even go into your introduction, Blair Walker said to me, he said, I've, I've been around some of the greatest people in the world. I've interviewed them. I've, I've written about them. This gentleman, Eddie Brown, is one of the finest salt of the earth people I've ever met. He and his wife, they are just kind and gracious and, and, and they do not act like they have created this kind of company that has over $10 billion in holding. They are just down to earth, salt of the earth people. You will love them. So I'm honored. Let me tell you folks about Eddie Brown. For those who don't know, some of y'all might not know. He is the founder of Brown Capital Management. It's a Black-owned investment firm in Baltimore that was founded in 1983. It is one of the oldest African-American-founded asset management companies in the U.S. And he has grown it from zero to it started in his house. And now it's at over $10 billion in uh, funds that they manage. He was born to a 13-year-old young lady named Anna Mae Brown. And he, by the time was 12, was running moonshine. I don't want to tell the story. I want him to tell the story because nobody can tell the story about Eddie Brown like Eddie Brown. Eddie Brown, thank you for being on my show, my friend. Well, thank you, Dr. Jolly, very much. I'm very grateful and just can't thank you enough. Well, man, just a joy to have you. Now, let's talk about this story. This story is unbelievable. You were born in a popka 
Florida, which is in somewhere near Orlando or somewhere. Yep, 12 miles from Orlando. Okay, but it was kind of backwoods, am I right? At that time, yes, sir. All right, and you were born to a young woman at 13 years old. She was 13 years old, and your grandparents, they said, well, you know what? We're going to do all we can for this child. And they they, they also, your mother left a few years after that. Uh, yep. You were born, and they raised you. Tell us the story, please. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, naturally at 13, she couldn't care for me. In fact, she left home when she was 15 hmm. and went north. And we didn't reconnect until she was uh, 26. Wow. Yeah, so it was a different time. It was during a time of segregation in this little town. It had 2,000 people at the time. Now, being 12 miles from Orlando, you can't tell when you get out of a park canal to Orlando on the main highways, just built up so much shopping centers. But it was then just citrus groves between the two, right? 12 miles. And as I said, it was during the time of segregation. The railroad tracks divided the black section unpaved roads, dilapidated homes across the railroad tracks from the white section on the other side of the railroad wow. tracks. And we, as Blacks, wouldn't dare cross those railroad tracks after dark. Wow. That was a no-no. Right, right. Now, here's one of the greatest stories to say, isn't America great? America's great. It's a great, amazing story. Yeah, a few years ago, Forbes magazine did a major article on me, and the title in big bold letters was the Oracle of Apopka. Mm. And I said to my wife Sylvia, I said, "Look at this." And she said, "Yeah." So wait a minute. I only know of one person in the United States that's been referred to as the Oracle of right. Warren Buffett. Right. The Oracle of Omaha. So he said, oh, yes. I said, this is huge. So anyway, I got a call from the head of a newspaper in Apopka. I found out, you know, I left off at 2,000 people. Now Apopka is 55,000 people, you know. So right. it's grown tremendously being close to Orlando. And I got a call from the uh, head of the local newspaper called the Apopka Chief. Yes. And he said, Mr. Brown, I read this article in Forbes magazine, the Oracle of Apopka. He said, as you know, which I did know, not many people know this, the mayor of Apopka, Florida, was the longest serving mayor of any city or town in the United States. He was mayor for the mayor of Apopka. Say that again. Apopka, Florida. Yeah, no, but the mayor was the longest serving mayor at that time of any town or city in the United States. He was mayor of Apopka for 65 years. Wow. John Land. So he said, John Land died a few years ago, and we've created the John Land Community Trust in his honor. Last year, we had our first gala ever. 
This year is the second year, and we had a speaker. We had a gathering, a place that would hold, say, 230 people, and it was almost full, and we had a major speaker come. So he said, here's my idea for the second year to have you, the oracle of Apopka, as our speaker of this major event. So, you know, I thought about it, and I said, no, that would be interesting to do. I get a call and he said, Mr. Brown, this has just been amazing. After we advertised this, it was just flooded. The place that we had last year can only hold 250 people. So we're moving it to a different venue because it's way over that. We're up to around 250 people want to come to this event. Now, here's the great part of this story. The place they moved it to was on the other side of the railroad tracks, which is traditionally the white section. And here's this black guy who couldn't cross those railroad tracks at night. Now the main speaker at this major event right across in the white section. Wow. Wow. I said, now isn't, isn't America great? Isn't America <laughs> great? Well, your story uh, about, how you got to become the oracle of a popka is amazing. You uh, you went to live with your mother uh, later on and, and, and finished high school, from what I understand. And uh, and what what city was that? That was Allentown, Pennsylvania. You know, as I look back, and I'm sure everyone listening or viewing this can identify kind of a fork in the road. Yes. Well, looking back over my life. I have identified two forks in the road. If I'd gone this way versus going this fork, life would be completely different. Wow. Well, those two major forks was my cousin. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. I want to get back. I'm going to put them on what we call a cliffhanger. Folks, okay. you're going to have to hear the <laughs> two forks in the road and hear about how he was running moonshine <laughs> at 12 years old. This is an amazing story from an amazing man that will amaze you but inspire you that you too can do amazing things with your life. Tell everybody to turn on their radio or to share this podcast because this is a life-changing program that will change the rest of your life. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. And for sure, the best is yet to come. Friendship is not about being convenient. It's about being committed and consistent. You can call on me when you need me. You can call on me. Call me. You can call on me. Pick up the phone. You can call, and call me. me. Are you ready to revolutionize your relationship with money? I'm Brian Ford, a financial wellness expert. And I'm Bright Dixon, an expert in positive psychology. Together, we host Money and Mindset with Bright and Brian, 
a podcast from Truist Bank that's all about exploring the relationship between your money, your mindset, and your well-being. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts or truest.com forward slash money and mindset podcast. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, host of the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways Show. The smart first step to buying a home is knowing how much you can afford. A truest mortgage professional can help you understand that in just a few minutes. Connecting with a lender first helps you to be more confident in your search. Truest offers loans that can help you become a homeowner with a low down payment. The best way to find out if you qualify for a low down payment loan is to talk with a truest mortgage professional. Visit truest.com slash mortgage truest dot com slash mortgage to see current rates to get a sample mortgage payment using their calculator and find resources to help you buy a home talk to a truest mortgage professional about your loan options having that relationship in place can help you find the best financing options available to you truest bank is an equal housing lender when you start with care you get a different kind of bank truest bank and we're back on the willie jolly wealthy way show and podcast around the country around the world and i want to encourage everybody wherever you are to go to win with willie.com win with willie.com and sign up for my newsletter make sure you get the newsletter every week i send out something about the guest i interview the lessons i learned the pearls i picked up the things that I, I i i was tuned into that might bless you because you might not have heard it or you might not have caught those same points and so you want to make sure you get them because they will bless you go to win with willie.com also uh, last week or week re- re- recently or one of the weeks i uh, gave away a copy of a book to people, and so many people have taken advantage of it. I'll do it one more time. If you want to get this book, it's called Only the Best on Success. It's uh, I'm a Hall of Fame speaker, and we got a number of other Hall of Fame speakers who came together to put the book, put the book together. And we just give the way of, of the book to people just to encourage them. So if you send me an email at info at willyjolly.com, info at willyjolly.com, and say Only the Best on Success book gift book. I'll send it to you in a digital form, my gift to you. We want to inspire you and encourage you that your best is still yet to come. My special guest is Eddie Brown. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. What a gentleman. His gentleman has done incredible things. He was born to a 13 year old in Apopka, Florida. And then he grew up in a very uh, segregated and depressing and almost deplorable situation because he talked about outhouses and things like that and how he had to to live through all of that. And then he became an entrepreneur when his uncle hired him at about 11 years old to drive a a truck. But then a little later, he said, well, we're going to, now that you know how to drive at 11, we're going to have you drive this moonshine from here to there. And he started driving moonshine at 12 years old. But he said that there were two places, two points in his life that he had defining moments that he either could go this way or that way. He's about to tell us that and that before the, before we took the break. Okay, Mr. Brown, go ahead and finish telling us those two points that were uh, life-changing, please. 
That's correct. My cousin had noticed, even though I was still doing extremely well in school, that I was spending a lot of time with my uncle, mm. who, as you said, well, he turned out to be the largest moon, moonshot distributor in the state of Florida at that time. He <laughs> was, quote, the man. You know, he had like 12 cars all souped up, oversized cams, oversized pistons, would run like 150 miles per hour, never drove the same one twice over a two-week period. He would stash them away and only drive one at a time. So the police would not figure out who, where he is. And so, you know, I was kind of helping him out. <laughs> As his driver. <laughs> you know, driving those fast cars. He would give me one car every Sunday to wash, wax, make it beautiful. He would give me a $1,000 bill. Wow. To put in my pocket. Wow. Said, to show the girls, but don't spend it. I want my $1,000 bill back. It's just, you know. <laughs> it's for show. It's for show. As you drive, you know, these fancy cars. So my cousin kind of noticed the track I was on. And unbeknownst to me, she called my mother, who was then 26 and living in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And she said, he's still doing well in school, but he's just spending too much time with his uncle, your brother. And I would suggest coming and get him. Mm. She appeared. And I hadn't seen her, you know, in years. And she said, you're coming home with me. Wow. But of course, I was kicking and screaming and didn't want to go, but. She said, you're coming home with me to live with me. So, you know, I had no choice at 14. Right. Except to, I didn't really know her, you know, because I hadn't spent any time with her. But I would say that was one fork that if I'd stayed on that path, I probably would have still been a great entrepreneur, but in a different direction. You've been you've been an entrepreneur with moonshine, rather than managing people's money. <laughs> right. Or in jail. Or, in, or in jail. That's right. That's right. Which really what happened to him. He ended wow. up for sure wow. in okay. prison. So that was kind of one fork. Another fork is when, as I progressed, went to college and got a job with IBM. And I was an electrical engineer. So you went to Howard University. Yeah, Howard and University. You, and you got a degree in engineering. At Howard, electrical engineering at okay. Howard. Went to work, well, the military, and then went to work for IBM in upstate New York. And during that time, I had a chance through a program that they had where they would pay for an advanced degree to go down to New York, which was about 90 miles away from Poughkeepsie, New York, where I was. And over a few years got a master's in electrical engineering. Okay. And I was in this technology group, a small group of 12 to 15 engineers. We were designing electronic circuits, computer circuits. Right. Mainframe at that time. Laptops didn't exist. Right. Mainframe, the big iron, as they call it, mainframe computers. And I was doing well. In fact, I've done so well that in my fifth year at IBM, I was talked to by my manager 
And he said, you know, you kind of reached the level of senior engineer and there are kind of two paths you can go. One is the managerial path, fork, where the other is to remain technical and progress as an engineer at the technical side. So I said, hmm. And he said, you know, you can make the same amount of money, progress the same, either route. So I said, do you mind if I talk to your manager just to see how he got to be where he was? The long and short of it is I ended up talking to the most senior guy in the whole area, managed, I mean, responsible for over 2,500 engineers. And he said, you know, I don't know why he just took a liking to me mm-hmm. and my interest in trying to figure this thing out. How do I progress, you know, at this company with what, 250,000 employees or something? So he said, you know, I would like you to talk to a friend of mine down in White Plains, New York. He's a very senior guy in the marketing division of IBM. Mm. He's been in the technical side. Just to get some, you know, broadening and, perspectives. So right. that's the second fork. This gentleman's name, Lars Anabuski. He was a senior executive in the marketing division of IBM, at that time located in White Plains, New York. And he opened my eyes to a different world. Wow. He said, Ed, look, he said, you can stay and progress technically at IBM, but IBM is a great technology company, but what makes it sing is marketing and sales. Mm. So I would suggest broadening your career, going and get a master's in business administration, an MBA, come back to IBM, then you have multiple routes that you can pursue in management. Wow. That's what I said. Wow. My wife was all in. My Our friends thought we were crazy to leave this good paying job, sell this little home that we had out in the country, sell both cars, pack up, and go graduate business school. Wow. Now that was the second fork because if I had not done that, my life would be completely different. It was in graduate business school where I had a lot of space because, you know, I had these two engineering degrees. Like I take a lot of electives. So I was taking marketing, you know, and sales, all these mind expanding areas because I had been strictly technical right. engineering. And I discovered what I was doing on the side, you know, reading about companies and doing a little investing, you know, I discovered, man, people on Wall Street make a lot of money. <laughs> and this thing that I'm getting, the MBA would give me a leg up in terms of learning something about that world. So basically, I switched careers. So that was a wow. second fork. Wow. Because that was my next question. How do you go from an engineer and that you've answered the question to become uh, a financial analyst, a an investor? How did you? Because, look, we all talk about it. And I've had a number of guests who said one of the things that has impacted the racial wealth gap is that, unfortunately, many African-Americans, parents or grandparents, wherever they got their financial uh, uh, foundation, did not talk about or know about investing. 
Right. And so my mother was, uh, she was a t- child of the depression. Her, she mm-hmm. was a, a teenager during the depression and her father, he was a, a railroad guy who had saved all his money and had invested in the stock market to pay wow. her college. He was a, he was a, a outlier. He had started investing because he worked at union station in a very high prestigious job for an African-American, particularly right. at that time. And he invested, but the stock market crashed. He lost everything. He was going to commit suicide except for this child he had to raise. Wow. And so she saw him struggle wow. through that process that as a result of that, she never invested. She was a school teacher. She wow. never invested. She worked hard. She saved money, but she didn't invest because she didn't trust it. And right. so I say that to say that we come from a community. Your your grandparents didn't invest. They no. didn't know anything. Your no. mama probably didn't know anything. So no. one day you were blessed with that fork in the road moment. Right. You went from being an a, a electrical engineer to saying, maybe. Yeah. I can learn about finances. Maybe I can learn about investment. We're going to come back. You got to hear the rest of this story, folks, how he goes from there to T. Rowe Price to then to just keep growing. And then he started his own. And right. now he's one of the biggest financial management broker, not brokerage, but financial management firms in the world. And it started <laughs> humbly. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. We're going to take a quick break. And we want you to come back with your iPad, your iPhone, take notes, because he's going to give you some some great ideas about changing your life, changing your thinking, and changing your future. You're listening to Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. We'll be right back after this break. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I got an email from a gentleman in Australia who shared how he had been struggling in his business, and he bought some of my books and audios, and how it had a profound impact on his business, and he went from worst to first in his company. I shared with him how much I appreciated his Note, but I told him those books, those audios, those videos were not just something that I just thought up one day and started to write. They were born out of my experiences, out of the challenges of overcoming the problems and the difficulties and how I was able to do it. And I shared with him that others have sent similar messages and that these resources work. I want to encourage you and invite you to go to my store. Go to wjspeaks.com slash shop. wjspeaks.com slash shop. Get some of the books. It only takes a minute to change your life. Or a setback is a setup for a comeback. Or turn setbacks into greenbacks. Or chicken soup for the soul. Or an attitude of excellence. Or the book I wrote with my wife after 34 years of being married and not having an argument in over 30 years. We wrote a book called Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last. And now it is saving marriages all over the globe. Go to the store. Get some of the audios, the videos the books, the resources to help you have greater personal and professional success. This is Dr. Willa Jolly. Make this a great day on purpose.
And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show and Podcast. My special guest is Eddie Brown. We're going to get right back to Eddie Brown in a moment, but I want to make a make a moment or take a moment to tell you about our sponsor, Truist Bank. They want to help you create your wealth by knowing that the foundation of wealth is home ownership. And what they want to help you to do is get a home at a low down payment. So they have offered ways to help you do that and see if you qualify. So we want you to visit truest.com slash more. Mortgage, truest.com slash mortgage to see current rates, get a sample mortgage payment using their calculator to find resources to help you buy a home, or, or you can talk to a Truist mortgage professional about your loan options. Having that relationship in place can help you find the best financing options available to you. Truist Bank is an equal housing lender. When you start with care, you build a different kind of bank and you get a different kind of bank. Truest Bank. My special guest is Eddie Brown. I am so excited about that. He has a book that was written by him and with him by my friend Blair Walker. It's called Beating the Odds, Eddie Brown's Investing in Life Strategies. And the book tells his story. This incredible journey. It's just a great book. Uh, um, Eddie, can people, where can people get the book? Amazon? Where can they get Amazon. the book? Amazon.com. Yes, oh. yes, yes. Get the book. Hey, one thing about that book. Please. The way it came about. Yes. I had no interest, never thought about writing a book. We gave a major donation to a museum, African-American Museum of African-American History and Culture here in Baltimore. The, that's the Reginald F. Lewis? That's right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Lord is uh, husband. Right. And we gave a major challenge grant to them to start an endowment fund. Okay. They were struggling to raise the match. Lorda called me and said, I would like to meet with you and your wife, Sylvia, to talk about this challenge grant. They're struggling uh, to raise it, and I'm going to help them. And then in that conversation, and we agreed to stick with them, we'd given them a certain period of time to raise the money. And the first year, they didn't raise a dime. And second year, they were struggling, same pattern. Lloyd right. has stepped in and over the next three years, giving a fundraiser uh, at her place in New York, exceeded the raise and the match. Wow. Wow. But it was during the first meeting, she said, Eddie, you should write a book. And I said, Lloyd, a book about what? She said, a book about you. Mm. I said, I haven't done anything. She said, you have, and I know your story. I'm going to call a writer that I engaged to write my husband's, after his death, life story. And it's called, Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun? The life story of Reginald F. Lewis. And I basically kind of poo-pooed the whole idea. Uh, a week after she left that meeting, I got a call from Blair Walker. Mm-hmm. He said, I said, we have to talk. Wow. But I started a process and that's how Wow. Oh, well, that's incredible. Well, let me finish going, folks. You got to hear the rest of this story. He he went from uh, getting that MBA at University of Indiana University, and then he went on to uh, join Irwin Management Company in Columbus, Indiana, and mm-hmm. became a, a member of the money management firm's marketing securities group. And then he moved to Baltimore in 1973 to take a position as a portfolio manager with investment firm T. Rowe Price, and a decade later, 
He left. Now, whoa, 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 whoa. oh, you going to take, you going to step out on faith, okay? You going to step out on faith. Oh, before we go any further, mm-hmm. there's one point in here that we got to go back to Howard University because another life-defining thing happened to you at Howard University. You met a lady named Sylvia. Come on, somebody. Am I right about it? <laughs> yes. I tell the story. She tried our freshman year. I a fraternity person, Omega Sci Fi. I hope you're yeah. not Kappa Alpha. Or I'm, 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 I'm Willie Five Willie, okay? <laughs> yeah, good. All right. So we met really around the Q, the Omega Dow at, uh, at Howard University our sophomore year. Yes. And um, she was in a five year program at Howard, and I was in engineering, a four year program. And, you know, we started dating our sophomore year. And uh, the rest is history. Wow. Yeah, so we've been married 61 years. You've been married 61 years. And it had, and he makes no, no qualms about it, as I make no qualms about my wife, how my wife, uh, like his wife, Sylvia, mm-hmm. is not just his wife, but his partner. Right. And, and, and many of the great decisions that have been made in his life. That's why I want to say well, that decision to leave T. Rowe Price. Major. Uh, Major, well, first decision to go back to school, okay? Right. That she she said yes, okay. Let's sell the cars, folks. Y'all heard? I hope y'all picked up. They had they didn't have a lot of money, but mm-hmm. they went back to school, sold both cars, sold the house to get enough resources to get him to school. Right. She was in on it. She agreed with it, and okay. then he thought to go up the ladder in success of corporate success, and then he gets T. Rowe Price does that for ten years. And then he says, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm going right. to start my own. Now, right. think about this. You had children by that time, too, didn't you, Eddie? We did. All right. So you, you got children. You got <laughs> a wife. You got a family. And you got this house. And you start your investment firm in your home. In your home. Correct. Am I right? Yeah. And you know, what I noticed is that many of our people going yeah. into business, they forget the basic principles that income has to exceed expenses. Come on, say that one more time. Eddie, say (laughs) that one more time. That's a big one. Income has to exceed expenses. So many of us as a people start, we want to be showy. We have the big car, we have the big house. We start a business without basically any income and run up expenses. And after two or three years, basically, you know, we're out of business. Right. So I had this idea for many years that there were certain things. Well, let's say, go back to my uncle. One thing that was embedded in my mind at a very young age, I didn't know what entrepreneurs is all about, but one thing I did know, I had never known my uncle to have worked ever for anyone except himself. Mm. Before he got into moonshine business, he was one of the largest gatherers of workers for the citrus grove major growers in central Florida. He had many of these big trucks. He would get workers from Southern Alabama, Southern Georgia. He would bring them to central Florida, which was the citrus growing region of Florida at that time. Now it's moved much further south. But, uh, you know, he built basically a legitimate (laughs) business before he found a much more lucrative business to move into. So I'd always been intrigued with just his get up and go creativity and 
making money, you know, uh, at first legitimately. And he bought me this truck. I think you mentioned it when I was 12. And he made it into a truck. It was really a 36 Ford that he cut off the back. He was very good mechanically. He put a bed back there and so forth. And he said, look, he said, why don't you get some of your friends? They have all of this Spanish moss all over the place out in the woods. And there's a place in Orlando where you can sell it. So you can sell the moss? Yes. Wow. Because at that time, that was really the stuffing for furniture. Oh. So you could there was a place where you could sell it. They would dry it, get it ready to basically process it for furniture, cushions, wow. and so forth. So I'm, I'll cut this short because basically that was one business. And I would get my buddies would go out, pull the smalls. Then my grandmother, my grandfather worked in the citrus, citrus groves. My grand, they were both common laborers. My grandmother worked for one of the largest uh, growers of these plants, these indoor plants, philodendron and other indoor plants that would be grown and shipped north and, you know, in many of your homes probably. And at that point, Apopka, Florida area was kind of the place for this kind of nursery business and so forth. And my uncle said, you know what I will do? I will make a little, basically, nursery for you here on our land. And your his mother, my grandmother, can get cuttings. And you can plant them. So I had basically a little nursery that he helped build. My grandmother would get these cuttings. I would plant them. The big grove, I mean, the big uh, nursery would actually buy the plants once they were done, finished. Wow. So he planted the seed of entrepreneurism in you as a child. As a child. So here's the commonality. The other part was at that time, in fact, still, (laughs) Central Florida gets cold, can get down into the 40s in the winter. So people had wood-burning stoves and there was this sawmill in Apopka, in the white section. And you could go and get what they call slabs. In other words, a sawmill, they're looking for to make lumber. So right. all of the outer coating of the trees, you could just go and gather. So I had my pickup truck. I'd get my buddies. We would go get these slabs. And I had a root of people in our community, the black community, that would buy this basically for firewood. So now, what's the commonality among all of those businesses? I would pay the guys maybe 50 cents. Right. I would sell the wood maybe for $5. Yes. And so the commonality, as I got to know about business, is basically zero cost of goods sold. Yes. Very low labor cost. Yes very high profit margins. Yes. I didn't know what that was all about, but when I look back, I said, man, I had three great businesses, you know? You certainly did. And you know what? Here's the thing. Entrepreneur, entrepreneurism was, was put in your 
mind, you didn't know what it was called. You didn't know about uh, calling an entrepreneur, but you knew that you could create something with your brain, with your mind. And that's what you did. You left T. Rowe Price said, ah, I remember that, (laughs) that, that, that business. I remember the other business. I remember that as a child. Why can't I redo it now? Running my own shop making my own decisions and growing my own future and my destiny and right. making my legacy, my choice. Oh, this is such a good story. Folks, well, let me tell you the key. I paid our mortgage down. I had quite an investment portfolio, enough cash that I could last for five years, be able to pay our mortgage, feed our family, college expenses, prepaid, pre-invested all before I took that step. Hmm. So you did some planning before. Yes. Yes. There you go. We're going to take another break. We're going to come back because he's got more to this story. So y'all stay tuned. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. Stay tuned because there's more to come. And for sure, for sure, for sure, your best is still yet to come. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and people often ask, how did I go from a broke, busted nightclub singer to become a best-selling author and to be voted one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by the 175,000 members of Toastmasters International? The answer is that I decided to invest and change my thinking, invest in my mindset, and decided to change my inputs because inputs determine outputs. I heard about a seminar years ago when I was just getting started. I was making about $100 a speech, and I heard this seminar that was creating millionaires, and it cost $10,000, but the guy was getting results. I didn't have that kind of money, but I decided to borrow it because I learned that there's a price for success, the price of college, the price of going to school, the price of education. There's a price for success, and then there's a cost for not paying the price, the cost of staying the same. And that cost is greater than the price. It's too expensive. And so I went, and it changed my life. And I came back and quickly made $100,000. I heard a similar story from Dr. Dave Martin, how he went to a success rally, heard a speaker who inspired him. He and his friend said, wow, that changed my life. The speaker had a package of materials to help build wealth. The package cost $1,500. And that was all the money Dr. Dave had to his name. Dr. Dave's friend asked, do you think this stuff is worth it? Dr. Dave thought for a moment. He said, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But I do know that I'm worth it. I'm worth it. He invested that money in that package and used the materials to grow his thinking. He grew his mindset. 
He shared how that $1,500 investment has gone on to generate millions in revenues. He's a multimillionaire. And he has homes now in Arizona and Florida. I want to say to you, it's time to invest in you. I want to give you some materials that will help you grow you, grow your mindset, grow your future, grow your finances. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire. wjspeaks.com slash billionaire to get some materials that will inspire your success and help you find that there's a price for success, but there's a cost for not paying the price. And the cost is always greater than the price. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire and get the bag, the box, or any of the materials there and keep growing your wealth. And remember, as a man thinketh, so as he is, and your best is yet to come. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. What an intriguing, what an incredible story. Only in America could you start (laughs) with the uh, being born to a 13-year-old mother, yet you had these grandparents who doted on you. Now, there's one more part to this story that's significant. You were a good student, but your parents, nor your grandparents, could afford to send you to college. And you wanted to go to college. And you were blessed by a benefactor, a woman who was looking for a good student that she could pay their tuition. And that woman paid your full tuition to Howard University, yet you never met her. But you never forgot her. You never forgot her impact. And Eddie's experience reminded me of my friend, Nito Cobain, who's the president of High Point University, who came from Lebanon, who did not uh, uh, have a, anybody to help him, but a benefactor like Eddie blessed him with full tuition to college. Nito said that was what gave him a step up in life. And now Nito is one of the wealthiest people in the country. He's president of High Point University, as I said, as well as the chair of the board of Truist Bank. And he's also on the board of Lazy Boy and a number of others. And he gives away tens of millions of dollars every year uh, to scholarships. And he says something that I love. He said, Barlow says, you must give without ever remembering. And you must receive without ever forgetting. Bless somebody. And that's what you've done, Eddie. Okay, Eddie, uh, we, we do something in every show okay. that we're going to do in this show. Mm-hmm. You and I, let's say you and I, uh, we're going to have lunch one of these days soon. Okay. And I just am so intrigued with you. And I, I, I've got to I've got to meet Sylvia. I've got to meet Sylvia. I've okay. got to, all right. Because she is sounds like my wife. Uh, we <laughs> both overmarried, by the way. You and I both overmarried, okay? Right. That's, <laughs> I, I did, at least. <laughs> I did, too. So anyway, we well, let's say you and I had lunch one day, and and then we went over to uh, Morgan University. Oh, we drove over to Howard. Uh, we drove over yeah. to Howard. Yeah, and Howard. we went, and let's go to Howard. Let's go to Howard. Yeah, Howard, since he graduated from Howard, he's a bison. H-U, you know. Anyway, uh, and, and my wife went to Howard, and my son went to Howard Law, and my mother went to Howard. Anyway, uh, so let's say that uh, we went to a, a class in Howard, a business class, and there's some young wannabe, I want to be successful students in that room. I want you to give them a couple of you got us. A couple of you got us. Here's some things you got to do if you want to be successful in business and in life. You've got to get a very good education. Mm. That's number one. Yes. You got to get a good mentor. Mm, mentors. Okay. Yeah. That will help guide you, give you wisdom that, of course, at that age, my age, you know, I just had no reference points, uh, no no guidance. 
Yes. And if one day you want to become an entrepreneur, you have to remember, get prepared mm. financially before launching out that you have enough resources, money yes. Yes. to be able to survive for at least three to five years, pay all of your bills without an income mm. because you want to give it a good shot. Yes. And it's not yeah. likely to be the first year that you're going to be successful or maybe even the second year. So you have to have staying power. You have to have, if you're married, an understanding spouse mm. that will okay. be with you in those low moments when things are not yes. going well, that will give you support. And Sylvia has done that because in the early days, the first year that I started Brown Capital, I left this, as my friends say, you're nuts. You know, a good paying job, vice president at T. Rowe Price. By the way, when I came with T. Rowe Price, they had 120 employees. Wow. They had $6 billion under management. They never had a professional African-American wow. employee. I was the first. They had one black client. That was Henry Parks way back. Right. Parks, Parks sausages. First yeah. sausages mom. Yeah. So 6 billion, 120 employees. I looked it up today. They have 7,500 employees. They have $1.3 trillion under wow. management. Wow. One thing that happened, Kiro Price, the man who founded the firm in 1937, had a belief that the firm should be owned by the employees. Mm. So I was fortunate enough, which helped create a nest egg for me to branch out to have some, you know, Tiro Price stock early on. Right. And so he said he wanted the firm to be owned by active employees. I basically followed that pattern for Brown Capital. And I said, I want the firm to be owned by, but his was mainly the investment folks. Mine is everyone. Wow. Wow. Ownership interest. So in late, into 19 in 2016 we at brown capital created something known as an esop which is employee stock ownership plan wow so the firm is a hundred percent owned by all employees wow every level our senior guy next to me his name is keith lee uh he has mostly all the titles now ceo President, Chief Investment Officer. Keith and I have been together for 32 years. Wow. So we said the way we're going to set this up is we, the two, I guess you might say, most highly compensated and um, are not going to be part of the ESOP. Mm. It's going to be owned by everyone else except the two of us. Mm. From administrative all the way up to you know most senior investment folks. And our clients are going to say, well, you guys are not incentivizing, you know, you can just walk away. No, we can't. Because what we have, we have something known as warrants mm. and we have stock appreciation rights. Wow. So we have a huge, huge incentive via those vehicles to make sure the firm grows and prospers because as it does, those warrants, stock appreciation rights, go right up in value. Wow. So anyway, I'm very proud that our employees own the firm 
a very broad array of employees. Yes. By gender, by race. From day one, I said, I'm going to have an integrated firm. Yes. But it's going to be balanced. A lot of African-American employees at all levels, but we're going to be balanced and we're going to be integrated. We have from day one. Uh, Last, what do you tell people or how do you tell people who are not in the market, who are not investing, who are afraid? Mm -hmm. What is your simple suggestion or advice, advice for them? My advice for them is if you need a longer term time horizon, preferably five years or more, but at least three to five years, if you're investing in what's known as the stock market or in mm-hmm. stocks, that's kind of the first thing. You can't go in thinking, hey, I'll be in maybe for a year or two. No uh, get rich quick schemes. No, right? no. No tip from your cousin <laughs> who told you, buy this. Uh, this is hot. No, don't do, don't go no, with that. Don't do that. And I would invest in uh, mutual funds. Yes. The reason for that, and not try to pick, quote, stocks to invest yes. in, because that's, well, unless you're in the business, but the average person, you know, that's not a good idea. Right. You really need a diversified portfolio. And right. the easiest way to do that is to invest in a uh, mutual fund because it's immediately diversified and, you know, a good mutual fund that has a good track record. And just get started. But just don't get be started. afraid. Get nope. started. Yeah. And, and you can get started with smaller sums of money. You la- know. Last thing is you said it once, but I want to say it again. You said something about making sure that your uh, your expenses don't exceed your income, which is what we tell people over and over again. Make a point, make a point to live below your means right. and invest, save and invest the rest. Am I right? That You've got it. That's the formula. <laughs> this is it, folks. Live below your means right. and then save and invest the rest. Right. And you can get started and to look for the long horizon, not right. for the quick hit. And mm-hmm. you'll be fine. Eddie Brown, mm-hmm. you are just a gentleman and a scholar. And I'm honored to call you my friend. Uh, the book, again, is called Beating the Odds, Eddie Brown's Investment, the Investing in Life Strategies. They can get it at Amazon, Eddie? Yes, All right. You want to get this book, folks. Get copies for your friends, family. It might be something that you want to give as a gift. But bless people. Eddie Brown, you are quite a gentleman. I'm so honored to call you you my friend. Thank you for having uh, time, making time to be on my show. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I want to thank all your team as well. And a special again, another shout out to Blair Walker for being such a great writer and such a great friend. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. I want to also thank our folks at Truist, where Truist says that they believe the path to home ownership exists for you. And some people say, I don't say I could ever own a home. Well, you can buy a home with a low down payment if you connect with a Truist teammate to learn about the options available to you. Reach out to them at Truist dot com slash mortgage truest dot com slash mortgage truest bank is equal housing lender remember when you start with care you build a different kind of bank truest bank go to truest bank t-r-u-i-s-t dot com and you will be glad you did
And I want to remind you to stay on our website, winwithwilly.com, and go to jollymarriage.com. Get your free chapter from the marriage book. Make love, make money, make it last. 10 secrets to shape a great marriage. 38 years, haven't had an argument in 35 years. You can hear us every Monday night at 9 o'clock on A Jolly Marriage on Facebook, A Jolly Marriage on Instagram, A Jolly Marriage on Twitter, or X as it's called now, and Willie Jolly LinkedIn Live. And again, if you want to get the book, Only the Best on Success, a digital copy. I will send it to you absolutely free. If you send me an email at info at willyjolly.com, info at willyjolly.com, just say gift book. We'll send it to you. Last but not least, I want to again give God glory for his grace and mercy to give me the opportunity to have an Eddie Brown and others like a David Rubenstein and others who have made it possible for people to see and and learn to grow wealth and helped others to grow wealth. And so I say to all of you, Remember that your best is yet to come. Your best is yet to come. Keep the faith because your best is yet to come. And I'll see you soon. Have a great day. God bless you. you enjoyed this podcast episode and I hope you got something of great value and I hope that you were inspired, you were motivated, you were empowered and you were encouraged to live your best life. I hope this information and this inspiration will help you to do more, be more and to achieve more. That's the goal why I started this program and I hope it helped you in a mighty way. Now, I ask you to make sure and that you take full advantage of all the resources that came through this program. I hope you go to wjspeaks.com slash gift and get some of the free resources that we have there for you. I hope you go to wjspeaks.com slash shop to get some of the books that we have created, that we've labored over to make sure that they will deliver a powerful message to you. I hope you go to willyjolly.com slash billionaire, willyjolly.com slash billionaire, or wjspeaks.com slash billionaire to get the box that it will inspire your whole family or get the bag of books. Make this a great day, a great week, a great month. And remember, it is true that you are blessed and all things are possible for them that believe. So make the most of the belief that you have now in your future. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Have a great day.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.